This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, September 25th, 2020. There are only three trading days remaining in the month. Three trading days and quarter ends, and then we start a new quarter, and that's the last quarter of the year. So time goes by pretty fast. I uh, did you see the market today. It was pretty. Uh, we finally had a, a, a little bit of a rally, and that was nice. And we'll, we'll give you some numbers here in a minute. Uh, and of course, you know we're still dealing with COVID nineteen. I'm hoping we're getting closer and closer and closer to a vaccine because that vaccine will help the economy. I mean, that will help the economy a lot because it's the the fear that's driving people away from the economy and you know whether it's justified or not it's just what's happening you're fearful we're all fearful of going back to work of doing anything normally we do because we're told the state keeps six feet apart and wear a mask and uh businesses are not fully opened and you know and so a, a, a vaccine would take care of all that it would take a little time to get spread out but uh, did you see johnson johnson today They've already uh, buying a billion, a billion with a B batches of their 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 phase three trial vaccine. In other words, they're in phase three. They just started it. It won't be ready till the end of this year or the beginning of next year. But they've already ordered a billion uh, batches from another company who manufactures, who will be manufacturing the vaccine they're experimenting with. They're, so that's pretty confident, I think. But this has happened with the other ones, too, Marie, uh, the uh, other vaccines that are out there. They're already pre-ordering huge amounts, huge amounts, expecting it to work. So I'm thinking if we get a vaccine, one, two, three of different kinds of vaccine, whatever it are, that will end uh, our, our uh, economic purposeful, purposeful shutdown. Now, that might trail into next year sometime, and... Some states will be faster and some states will be slower, but it will end it. And that's really what we're looking for. As investors, that's what we want. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program, on the podcast, and as you know, it is a call-in podcast and program, I'm going to do my best to provide you unbiased answers to any of your financial or investment questions. So I've opened the lines. They're ready for you. 888-99-CHART. You can call right now. I know there's lots of volatility. We had up volatility today. That's the way it's going to be. Up and down volatility. The market, the Dow was up 358 points today. NASDAQ 241 and the SP up 13. So it was led by the NASDAQ. A lot more percentage move than the other two major indexes. But that's what it was. Okay, and it's I think, isn't this the first? I, I think I read that this is the first month that the FANG stocks have fallen severely. And they're the ones that drove it down. They were. So that's what the market did. I'm going to talk about different things today. I want to talk about the week's statistics that came out during the week. Uh, there's several of them that I want to discuss and kind of giving us a direction of what's going on in the economy. I want to talk about Harley-Davidson getting out of India. 
Why are they getting on Indian? Do you know at one time they were charging 100% tax on Harley Davidson's that was sold in India? So I want to talk about that. And maybe about the 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 uh, uh, rebound in tech today. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about more about that. Or, or maybe even the Johnson Johnson uh, uh, buying a billion batches or producing a billion batches. Billion, there's only 350 million or so people in the United States. Why do they need a billion? And it's a one-shot, Johnson's just a one-shot deal. Anyways, let's go ahead and get to the callers. You know, we, you know we try to get to them fast these days. So let's get right to our first caller. Uh, so this is the call that came in earlier. Yeah, hey, guys, this is Robert Pleasanton. Really enjoyed the podcast, and I just wanted to get your take on SPH, Sam Paul Harvey, Suburban Propane. It's got a very high yield, over 9% dividend, and I just want to know if you think this is a good investment and if that dividend yield is safe. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Whenever a company is as smaller than a billion dollars, I don't think you can ever say that dividend is safe. That's a very small company, okay? Billion dollars. They make eighty. They're going to make eighty cents this year. They make a dollar. They made a dollar ten in two thousand nineteen, and then they're going to make a dollar nine next year. It's a fourteen dollar and eighty one stock. Fourteen dollars and eighty one cents stock. It's an MLP, Master Limited Partnership, engaged in propane and fuel distribu- distribution and natural gas. Electricity marketing to 1 million customers. They pay an 8.1% dividend, at least that's what I'm showing. Uh, at $1.09 and 14, $14.81 stock, so it's about 14 PE. Okay? Uh, and that's the low of their five year range. Current equity is pretty high at 15%, good cash flow at $2.94. So it looks like a pretty strong stock. Mutual funds are net sellers in the last year. But it's a master limited partnership, and most of those pay out their their income in dividends. They pay a lot of their income out in dividends. But they're carrying a 290% debt. So their debt is huge. That is why I don't think it's uh, very safe. I don't think it's a company that you should rely on on that dividend. I don't. Don't, don't get too comfortable. They'll cut that dividend in a heartbeat if they need to. Okay. This is Invest Talk, and I understand that many of you might feel the urge, the need to get your portfolio in shape. That's normal. But please remember, you are not in this alone. At Invest Talk and KPP Financial, we want to help you reach your goal of financial freedom. I mean, that's all our goals. We all want that. So feel free to contact me or Justin, you know, Justin Klein, anytime at KPP Financial in Irvine, Irvine, California. And now I'm taking your finance and investment questions live at 888-99-CHART. It's been another Investor Friday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility. And you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. 
Now, if you probably notice on Fridays, I always try to squeeze in the rundown on some of the benchmark numbers, like the two-year treasury. Uh, the yield is 0.129. That's been there for a while. And the 10-year treasury is a 0.654%. Think about that. You hold a U.S. Treasury bond for 10 years and you get six-tenths of 1% a year for that. You're giving the government your money and they're going to give you back six-tenths of 1% back per year. Inflation is 1.3 or 1.4%. So you're losing half your money buying power every year. You can't even make any money on U.S. Treasuries. It's not possible. Gold at 1861, remember it got above above 2,000. It's now in a pretty decent pullback. For those people who wanted to buy gold on a pullback, there's a hint for you. Oil is at $40 a barrel. Got plenty of oil. Since Monday, the national average for a gallon of regular gasoline has increased by a penny, $2.19. In California, it's $3.20. Always a dollar plus more. Hawaii is the most expensive gasoline, a three twenty-five. You can see why you had to ship it out there. It's been refined. Okay, Mississippi is least expensive, dollar eighty-four. National average is two sixty-five. So those are some of the benchmark numbers that I try to talk about every. Okay, my focus point today highlights the important economic question: Should your spending priorities? Ever include an expensive vehicle? Should it? Okay, and keep in mind that the difference between the monthly payment of a $50,000 pickup truck and a $20,000 car is, is, the, is the amount you could put it and you can max out your retirement IRA every year. So why do you have such expensive trucks? And why am I even mentioning trucks? Well, we're going to get to that. You'll know why. Because we know how, you probably already know, trucks are the big sellers out there. Everybody wants a truck. Anyways, I'll give you my perspective on that. Okay, let's get back to Talk Voice Bank. This call came in early at 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Bubba from Kentucky. I was curious what you all thought about the stock CHDN, Churchill Downs, as a long-term hold. Love the podcast, and we're looking forward to your answer. Thank you. That's interesting. Being in Kentucky where there's a lot of horse ranches and horse racing and all that kind of thing, Churchill Downs, Inc., engaged in paramutual horse racing, casino gambling, entertainment, and simulcast feeds on races, horse races. It is a $6.6 billion company. Not bad. That's pretty good size, isn't it? Okay, they made uh, $4.41 last year, which was the highest income they've ever made. This year, it's going to be 62, they're going to lose 62 cents a share. Then next year, back up to $5.97, which will be the highest income they've ever had. And it's $169 stock. So don't think it's cheap. It's not. Plus, they have huge debt as well. So it's not a cheap stock. Sales, of course, in the recent couple of quarters have been falling pretty hard. Most recent quarter, 60%. Before COVID, they were averaging 20 to 30% or more per quarter growth. Okay, And they probably will return to that 
And that's probably why this stock is selling more than it was at the top of their their uh, February high. So February high was at $159 or so. Uh, and then they fell all the way down to 60. Now it's $169. So it's a pretty healthy company with good earnings prospects. Uh, my biggest concern is the debt. High debt. What did they buy? Why is it? Why do they have so much debt? Is that debt something that's earning them more income? Those are the kinds of questions I need to have answered before I can tell you if I really like it or not. It is a good, steady earner. I mean, the only time they're going to lose money is this year and all the years that they've been around, and that's because of COVID. Of course, no one's going to horse racing, right? They went to the track. They were so that's the problem, and that will come back. That will eventually come back, and it's already they're coming back. It's built into the price of stock. That's why I'm worried. You're a little bit late to the game, so I, I don't know if I'd be in a big hurry. Get into that. Okay, I think we have time to fit in my focus point story. It highlights an important economic question: Should your spending priorities ever include an expensive vehicle? And I, we're talking about car, trucks here because trucks, thirteen point two million. New pickups sold from 2013 to 2019 in the U.S., and the monthly payments uh, of as much as a $1,300 per, per truck. Huge, huge costs, these trucks. Okay, this is the problem. You can get a cheaper truck, but we're buying high-end trucks. Ford F-Series is the most popular, but they're expensive. I mean, these trucks... Trucks used to be inexpensive. When I was young, they were inexpensive because they were for utility. You, you, you bought a truck because you needed it. You needed it for work or you whatever. Today, you buy a truck because it's fancy and you want a fancy truck. I mean, very seldom do you buy it for utility anymore. That is the problem. You're spending way, more, average person spending way too much financing the truck. How about this? Save up your money, pay cash for the vehicle. How about that? I want to talk about this more before the end of the hour. I think we have time. Well, well, we don't. We're headed into a break, everybody. So give me a call. I'm ready to take your questions, and I promise to give you unbiased answers. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday. The weekend is almost here. And Steve Peasley is on duty now, taking your finance and investment questions live. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So finishing up my talking point about buying too much vehicle. And this doesn't just apply to pickups, but that seemed to be the most popular uh, car and vehicle being purchased these days. But overpaying for a vehicle. I don't. I'm, I have. I've always had a hard time because I never done that. I've always saved up money and pay cash for my cars. I mean, just the, from the very first car, I did finance my very first used car, and I could not take paying that huge interest they were they're charging me. So I paid it off as quickly as I could and started saving up for the next car. That's how you do it. You save up for next car. You know, I know you just got to reorganize your spending priorities. Okay, what's important? It's much more important to put money aside for your retirement than to have a brand new nice car. Okay, it's much more important. 
you might not think so now when you're in your 30s or 40s or 20s, whatever it is that you're spending this money on, but you will when you're in your 50s and 60s and say, well, gee, all that time I could have been putting money in my retirement account, paid no taxes on that money I put away in the IRA or my 401k. Instead, I paid interest, a huge interest on buying this car or vehicle or truck that I really didn't need and it's gone. Consider your priorities. What's most important out there? Okay, let's go to Sonny in San Francisco. How you doing, Sonny? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, thanks to you for taking my call. Um, the question I have for you is, I'm trying to uh, get into NVIDIA. So, and it's been going up uh-huh. consistently, so I'm looking for a guidance on what would be a good entry point to consider. Thank you. Okay, NVIDIA, everybody, NVDA in Santa Clara, which is part of Silicon Valley, of course, designs graphic processing units used in personal computers, workstations, game consoles, and mobile devices. And their sales have been increasing dramatically the last three quarters. Before that, they were shrinking. But the most recent quarter, July quarter, they grew 50%. So it's one of those kinds of, you know, these tech uh, chip kind of companies do that. They have they have large swings over the years. They're going to make nine dollars and eleven cents this year. They're going to make eleven dollars and one cent next year. Twenty one percent increase next year after fifty percent increase this year. So that's why the stock is trading at five and fourteen dollars. Okay, so what kind of that's a five hundred PE fifty PE? I'm sorry, fifty fifty. And yeah, yeah, 50 PE. Come on, Steve. 50 PE. Uh, their range is 15 to 77, the PE range. We're a great return on equity, 33%. Hardly any debt. Uh, mutual funds are strong buyers in the last year. A thousand new mutual funds bought into NVIDIA in the last year. That's why it's at or near 52 week high. It's, new, it's, it's just a difficult, as you say, where do you buy? I mean, because it's way overpriced. So where do you buy? Well, I would t- I would suggest that four hundred seventy five dollars would be a good price. It's at five hundred fourteen dollars. Why do I suggest that? Because that's the fifty day moving average, and it was right around four hundred seventy five dollars for almost an entire month. And it's at five hundred fourteen now. That that's a good buy point. The next buy points, strong buy points, are all the way down to like three hundred thirty dollars. So really far down I don't know I don't know if I would chase this guy I just it, it you know Sonny it's just very expensive great company to own but man it's just expensive appreciate the call thank you okay uh, every now and then I like to remind you that on Talk and at my company KPP Financial based in Irvine California we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and share success. That means we give you unbiased guidance. That also means we, I participate in parallel investing. In other words, I buy the same thing for myself as I do for my clients. I buy the same in all my programs, same percentage, same price, uh, same percentage of the, uh, uh, the, of the portfolio. So depending on no matter how size, I'm buying the same 3% of any one stock. And so, you know, I try to match exactly my client's performance in each one of the programs we have. And that way, I'm on the same side of the table as you are. So I, I like that. 
So if you're interested in a free portfolio review and assessment, we'd be happy to do that for you. We'd love to have you as a client. But if you just want us to take a look at your portfolio, we'll do that too. We can do it via the telephone. We can do it Skype, Jive. We can do it just email if that's what you prefer. So send us a message to investtalk.com. Send me an email. Or you can call KPP Financial in Irvine, California, and we'll be happy to talk to you. Not a problem either. Okay, so please do that. I want to talk about the week's statistics, what the what was released this week on statistics. I want to do that before the end of the show, but I will have to wait till after the break here, after the half-hour break. But first, let's talk about the trivia question. Could you name at least three types of organizational structures used by small businesses? After all, is it what? Small is the National Small Business Week this week. Okay, so... And, of course, we know that COVID-19 has really crushed the small business ecosystem. So that's why I'm asking these questions. So three types of organizational structures used by small businesses. And can you list three reasons, three reasons why small businesses fail? So I'll have the answer after this break. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage your investment questions. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats 
with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So I asked a trivia question. Can you name at least three types of organizational structures used by small businesses? And can you list three reasons why small businesses fail? Of course, you know, they fail because they have no business. I mean, we all know that one. Okay, but before the COVID-19 pandemic, more than half Americans either owned or worked for a small business. That meant that nearly two out of three, every three new jobs in the U.S. were due to small business employment. And they're the ones that got crushed the most from COVID-19. It's really, it's really sad. Okay, um... I mean, we haven't had this bad of a, a dislocation of small business since the Great Depression or even the, and, and it wasn't even nearly as bad from the 1918 influenza epidemic. And we did this to ourselves. Remember, we shut down everything ourselves. We wanted to. We needed to. Not smart enough. So, okay, with that said, the, you can do, there's, these are the kinds of things you can have. You can have a partnership. You can have a corporation. You can have sole proprietorship. Now, partnership is where two or more people own it. Corporation is just a legal entity that has shareholders that own the company. Sole proprietorship means just you. You own the company. And there's all, there's also a fourth one that is used often is a limited liability corporation. And then there's the S corporation. So there's different ways to put that together. Most small businesses you start off as a sole proprietorship because you're not going to be some big company yet. You're just starting off. Okay, so why do they fail? Why do the small businesses fail? This is pre-COVID, by the way, not just because of COVID. Taking on too much debt. A lot of people think, well, I'm going to start my company, and I'm going to buy all this stuff and all this inventory. I'm going to buy all my equipment and everything I'm ever going to need being a big company. They just buy, buy, buy. Instead of starting really humble, start small. Most businesses can start small and grow into their business. So most people take too much too, uh, too much debt. They manage their cash flow badly or poorly. They lack an online presence. They have bad leaderships. Leadership. I've known people that starting business. I know a person who's trying to start a business. Been two or three years. Bought all this equipment that she felt that she was going to use. Hasn't got one piece of business yet. Spent thousands of dollars. Makes no sense. And you can't do everything yourself. you got to have help. you got to help people help you help organize it, help you put it together. you got to have some kind of help. Even if It depends on the type of business. Maybe you need accounting help and he. Different things help developing a good website. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep moving. Our next question comes from a listener in Tennessee. 
Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Maria. I'm calling from Tennessee. Love your show. I was actually calling about Charles Schwab, ticker symbol SCHW. I know they recently purchased TD Ameritrade and was wondering what you guys think of this stock, if it's a good buy. I would love to hear your opinion. Thank you so much for all you do. Okay. Uh, Charles Schwab Corporation, SCHW, headquartered in San Francisco, provides brokerage, banking, and financial services via 360 branch branches in 48 states. They did buy TD Ameritrade uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, and we, we use, we at KPP Financial use TD Ameritrade as our custodian. So eventually they're going to combine TD and Schwab under the Schwab umbrella. Schwab bought TD. TD wasn't small, so this is a big acquisition. I don't know if this makes them uh, the biggest discount brokerage in the United States, but it's awfully close. Anyways, they made money every year, consistently making money. They're, this year, last year, they lost, they made two dollars eleven cents, down from two seventy two the year before. This year, dollar eighty six, down another twelve percent. It's a thirty four, almost a thirty five dollar stock. So $1.86 is a 20 PE going forward. Their range is 11 to 34. They have very good return on equity, 18%. They have very good cash flow, $3.18. They pay a 2.1% dividend. So they're having, like all the financials right now, they're having problems. I mean, the stock was at a high 2018 uh, uh, at, what, $60 a share, and here it is at 34 it's almost been cut in half since. Uh, will it go back there? I think eventually it will. Not sure how the TD acquisition, it's a big acquisition. I'm not sure how, how it will help other than give them size. And size matters in the financial industry. Size matters a lot because you can make a very small percentage on a much bigger pie and make a lot of money. Smaller pie, you make a small percentage. So the bigger you are, the more money you make. So I think it's a net positive for Schwab. And this is about where they've been trading, about $35 a share or since July. So it's gotten as low as about 32 As high as about 37 Kind of stuck in a range. It doesn't do anything for me. It's not exciting for me. I don't think I would buy it. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter went out today. I had two all subscribers, as it usually does. First section, market conditions sections. I talked about this week, many of the Fed's Reserve District presidents gave speeches. They exercised their vocal cords more than usual, but I did not detect anything they said that was new. Nothing. Today, the New York Fed President, John Williams, will speak, and he didn't say much either. I mean, nothing of interest. The Fed has made it clear they are going to leave interest rates alone for a long term. Rates are very low, but can they go lower? Meanwhile, economic recovery has slowed in the aftermath of initial shutdown, then a, then a burst of energy coming out of that. But that's, that recovery has slowed. And, you know, it's was to be expected because some of the, you know, they maybe some places opened too soon and then they had to reshut it down. And, you know, it's just been kind of sporadic and that recovery just slowed down. 
There was some important data sets released this week, manufacturing, service sector, September. I talked about that. I want to talk about that a little more if I can get to it. Uh, uh, I, in the portfolio management section, I talked about dividend-paying stocks and the advantages of them. And reinvesting the portfolio dividends back into the stock. There are many advantages of dividend-paying stocks. But you got to be careful about tax treatment. And I talked about that. Uh, if you're buying an IRA or 401k, you, you know, you don't have to pay any, any taxes on any of the dividends. But remember, you know, you got to remember as you retire, your income in retirement is usually lower. But all those dividends and capital gains that could have been taxed at, you know, at a lower rate might be taxed differently in retirement, depending if you're making more money or less money. So you just got to pay attention. That's what I'm talking about. A couple of stock ideas. I gave a, a leading international tobacco company engaged in manufacturing sale of cigarettes and other nicotine products outside the United States. The company generated $1.785 billion in free cash flow last quarter. Pays a really nice dividend of 6.7, 6 to 7%. I also looked at an arts and crafts specialty retailer in North America. Uh, you know, I talked about the, the company's ability to increase revenue despite rough, rough economic conditions right now. That the COVID has, you know, how they can compete with Amazon, how they're doing it. So those were the couple of stock ideas. Just name a couple. I give you two usually a week, and these are just ideas, not recommendations. You go out and buy this. These are ideas. Put them on your watch list and you know, think about what they are and what they do. Do some research. Consumer watch section. I talked about the different way to get what you want instantly. Have you heard about this? You buy now, pay later. Now remember the old, uh, the old layaway plans. Well, that's where you buy now, but you didn't get the product now. You buy now, the store would hold on to it, and once you paid it over a period of time, then the store would give you the product. Now there's a way you can buy now, get the product now, and pay for it later with no interest. Now, have you heard about this? These, there's two companies that I saw. That, this is popular with the millennials and general Gen Xers. Everybody. One's called Afterpay. Afterpay. The other one's called Klarna. K-L-A-R-N. Okay, and they they have this concept. They're growing very fast. Uh, Afterpay started in Australia, and like. What you can do is you go buy a shirt or a blouse. Usually it's a small item. And what they'll do is you buy the item for $110, and they'll you don't have to pay for it. You just take it using Afterpay, but you got to make four installments to pay it off. If you do that, no cost. Now you'll say, somebody will say, well, you can buy, just use a credit card and put it on a credit card and pay it off in 30 days. Well, this way you get to stretch out the payments further. Frankly, uh, I don't think this is, I don't think putting off payments for stuff you buy routinely is a good idea. Just pay for it. If you can't afford it, don't buy it. Wait till you can afford it. 
What is wrong with that? What is wrong with a little denying yourself self-gratification instantly? What's wrong with that? You don't make enough money, you don't buy. Actually, you should be sending, spending less than you earn routinely, 10% at least. That should be just a rule that you have, that you live by. Anyways, I thought it was interesting, this new concept, which I thought, well, just another way. If you fail to make the payment, by the way, that's when you get in trouble. They have pay, you, pay, you pay lots of costs for that based on the item you're buying. And they, you can't use any one of these unless you make up what you didn't pay, you know, they, but it's a new concept of pain. It's kind of interesting. Listening to Invest Talk, I'm Steve Pinsley, everybody. And I do encourage you to explore the financial and investment information we have posted on our website, investtalk.com. You can learn more about the various investment strategies, opportunities we offer through KPP Financial. For example, you can check out the Equity Income Plus. I've talked about that before. That's a dividend invest. We buy a bunch of dividend-paying dividend stocks, and then we give it a little boost we, we sell covered calls on that to give us a little extra income. You know, we've got a balanced income portfolio where we split bonds and high-paying dividend stocks. I mean, there's different different programs. Depends on how aggressive you want to be, how risky you want, how much risk you want to take. So, so if you're serious about fi- achieving financial freedom, you want to reach out to me or Justin Klein at KPP Financial in Irvine. Learn more right now at investtalk.com and you can get to that goal. It's not that hard. It just takes a little discipline. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Good news. Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. Hey, Justin and Steve. It's Robert from uh, sunny California. I have a question on Zoom Intel technology stock, ticker symbol VI. For some reason, the market's starting to hate this stock, and uh, they just IPO'd, I think, probably three to four months ago. Don't know why they're down. Story sounds really good. Would love to hear your response. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay. I've mentioned this before. Let's do it again. When a company goes public... Six, the insiders have to hold the stocks for at least six months. After six months, they get, get to sell and realize profits on the going public. So if you're the owner of the company, you got to hold on to those and you go public with that company. You have you know millions of dollars worth of stock. The only time you can't sell it right away, you got to wait six months. So almost every IPO out there, almost everyone will be selling for less its IPO price six months after it starts trading. So don't be surprised when that happens. This should be something in your head routinely. Now, Zoom, Zoom Infotech's uh, ZI symbol provides business-to-business data 
information and solutions for sales and marketing teams. It's a $15 billion company uh, doing about $110 million a quarter in sales, and that's been growing very, very fast. Most recent quarter, uh, uh, sales grew 62%. Before that was 87. Before that was 123. Before that was 111. They are going to, they will, they're going to make money for the first time this year, 30 cents a share. Next year, they'll make 45 cents a share. It's a $39 stock. Okay. So that's still expensive stock. Don't think it's cheap. You know, uh, we're talking, so, so, it's still expensive, even though it's going down. Now, today, I had a nice, almost 13% rise in price. But the sales growth is what you're looking at. Um, and that's, you know, it's just it's going to be expensive. IPOs are that way. They're popular, and this one was. Okay, 888-99-CHART is our number. We're live. Give me a call. We'll talk about anything financial. This is Invest Talk, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here. He's taking your calls live. Step up with your questions now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. On the next Invest Talk, a story that concerns health care policies for one-third of Americans. Blue Cross Blue Shield reaches a tentative $2.7 billion antitrust settlement. That story is going to be on Monday, by the way. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and we're live. 888-99-CHARGE is our number. <clears throat> Let's go to George in Washington State. George. Hi, Steve. How's it going? Uh, I really appreciate your show. It's amazing, really. I like to listen it every day if I can. Thank uh, you. I have a question about two ticket symbols. Uh, one is ServiceNow. The ticket symbol is N-O-W. And the second one is uh, Netflix. Yeah, let's take a look at now, N-O-W, ServiceNow, Inc., that's a $92 billion company, so it's huge, develops cloud-based IT software for workflow automation, data consolidation, business administration. Of course, that's a real, you know, popular area, and this thing has been going up and up and up for quite many years now, uh, and, and, and it's justified because their sales have been increasing 30% or about 30, a little bit more than 30% for two years, every quarter, up 30%. They're going to make $4.42 a share this year, $5.49 next year. It's a $479 stock. So, yep. so it's expensive. Know, it's expensive. But, uh, you yeah. know, it's, uh, they have a good model, and they're going to go in business with Amazon to optimize their uh, cloud system, which, you know, that's a big customer. Yeah, I, I have no doubt that this company will continue to do well financially. Uh, and whether it can maintain this high P.E. ratio, the answer is probably no. But you can do it for a long time. When it will stop, I can't tell you. Really good return equity, 40%. Huge cash flow. They should be paying a dividend by now. I mean, they're a $92 billion company. And they make, you know, huge amounts of money. Uh, so where to buy it? When should you buy it? I mean... You had a pullback with COVID, but even that, you know, it got as low as 240 and today it's 479. It was doubled almost since then. It's doubled from the low in the COVID. So it was a near its 52-week high. It was up 4.3%. You know, this is the kind of stock you might just want to uh, 
buy half now, George, and wait for a pullback by the other half. If you want to be in it, you may have to just pay up for it and be in it. Because it looks like it's it's been going up for two you know, since what? 2016. I mean, back then it was a $50, $60 stock. So you wait, you buy some and then wait for a big pullback and buy more. George, appreciate the call. Thank you. That was a now NOW. We want to talk about Netflix. Uh, Netflix, you know, I'll, I'll have to get to that another day. I just have. Um, we had existing home sales out this week, new home sales out this week. Existing home sales, $6 million, uh, up from $5.86 million the month before. New homes, $1.01 million, up from 965000 from the month before. So that is the strongest area we have in our economy. It seems to be home sales. Jobless claims, which is a weekly report, actually went up when we had been going down steadily. It went up to 870,000 jobless claims from 866,000. Now, we before COVID, we were at low 200,000. Anything below 300,000 will tell you that our economy is pretty healthy. But at 870,000, pretty unhealthy. Durable goods report out this week, up four-tenths of percent. They expected to be up 1.9%. The month before, it was up 11%. So that wasn't that great. Now, core durable goods, that excludes automobiles and food and certain certain things, okay, uh, airplanes. That was up 1.8%. We expect to be up 1%. It was up one8 The month before, it was up 25 So other than homes, you can tell that the economy is starting to slow. The growth of the economy starting. That's what that means. I'm Steve Peasley, and this com- completes another Investop program, everybody. I will return next week. Justin Klein will be here on Monday. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Investop podcasts, all free, at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. Remember, independent thinking shared success. This is Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.